This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast, hosted by the sciencefictionary.com. I'm your host for tonight's episode, David, and joining me, as always, is Andrew. What's going on, everybody? And Marisha. Hey, how's it going? Tonight, there, weren't, there wasn't really any uh, notable news that I could find. Did you guys see anything on the internet that, that was worth bringing up news-wise? News I hadn't seen a whole lot. It just kind of seems like all the big companies that really... Or, you know, do the stuff that we're interested in for the sake of this show. Or they've all kind of got their news out there for right now. And doesn't look like they're necessarily rushing a lot of new news to the front. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I there's probably some little things. I You know, it's time of year. We ought to be starting to get show announcements and stuff. But uh, I just hadn't seen much. Yeah, the most notable thing I saw was that uh, the woman who played Iris West, or who is, I think she's playing her like in the Snyder Cut, is gonna return for the Flash movie. Hmm. And when Wait, I saw I that, I literally, I literally, movie. huh? I thought there wasn't gonna be a Flash movie. No, no, there's no. Oh. They're gonna do. It. It's gonna have Michael Keaton Batman in it and stuff. Okay. Uh, that was that. That's that one. And I remember when I saw that post. It was from ComicBook.com. I commented, and I quote. Okay. <laughs> what I'm pretty sure is like the collective response of the entire fan base. It's like, okay, I guess. But um, yeah, funny. so with no news, we had a couple of different topics that uh, we'd like to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about director's cuts or just alternative movie cuts, alternate movie cuts, al- alternate endings, stuff like that with the Snyder Cut coming out. I think like three days after this episode is up is when the Snyder Cut's coming out. and There's all sorts of talk about that. Yep. And we're going to talk about our favorite movie, cu- alternate movie cuts, if they make them better, if they deserved them, etc. Uh, but before that, we've all been kind of, I know I have, at least I know Andrew has, we've been watching some different things with uh, with the time on our hands. And Andrew, you, it sounded like you had a, a, a new series you watched that you really wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, I actually was a big fan of the first Pacific Rim movie. Uh, I never got around to watching the second one until this week, but um, I really liked the first one, and I was clicking through Netflix the other day and found one that I was not aware they were even making, which was a an animated series on Netflix for Pacific Rim called Pacific Rim The Black. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an anime series. Uh, very well done. Beautifully cut. The story... It's a, it's, the story's good, but I think the potential is enormous. Um, as good as... As much as I liked the... 
I love the Voltron series that Netflix did a couple of years ago, and this has the potential to be every bit as good as that Voltron series, hmm. which is one of my favorite animated series ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it, and uh, it follows a, a brother and sister. Uh, it's kind of the the kaiju have taken over the, the planet pretty much, and it follows a brother and sister who survived and are really kind of on this journey to find their parents uh, five years after the kind of five years after the world ended. So it's Pacific Rim, but a little more post-apocalyptic and uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And if you haven't seen the movies, I would say watch the first movie before you start the uh, series, just to get a general idea of how things work in the series but if you don't, if you just start with the animated series, I think you'll still pick up most of the important things with kind of the the sci-fi, you know, ends of, of things. But a uh, really good series, definitely worth checking out. That's cool. I, I haven't seen it, but I did see, like, images from it. And the animation, uh, I think, looks great. Oh, I think it, it yeah. looks really good. Uh, and the story is interesting. I like the idea of it. I did see the first Pacific Rim movie. I didn't see the second one. Uh, I still haven't. And I really, I thought it was a great movie, uh, a lot of fun. And I, I really like the idea of that story there, where like the kaiju have kind of just taken over. It's almost like post-apocalyptic, at least from the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you, that's that's my jam. I love that, and and I I love anime, so I'll definitely check that out. Thank you. Uh, Marisha, you have any thoughts? I haven't really been... Okay, actually, I I haven't watched it. I'm intrigued that I did enjoy Pacific Rim. How did you like the second movie, babe? I actually liked the second movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. There were a lot of things I kind of saw when they were advertising that movie, and I I didn't love it. Uh, Of course, you know, it had John Boyega in it, which I like John Boyega fine, but John Boyega Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a step down from, from Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. but he did a great job in it. It was really good. I don't like it as much as I did the first one, but they started doing some more out there ideas with where the story could go. And yeah. and I felt like the first one, it's really just about the, the big battle. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, real monsters and mechanical monsters to fight them. And, and that's it. In the mm-hmm. second one, they really got a lot more into beginning to flesh out possibilities more in the sci-fi realm yeah um of what's actually going on and this idea that it's not just monsters coming through there's this race on the other side of this dimensional interdimensional portal that's creating these monsters and sending them through Uh that was kind of mentioned in the first one but they really get more into that idea yeah in the second one interesting yeah. So uh, I did yeah. like the, I did like the second movie, not as good as the first one, but still still a really fun action flick. That's super cool. I do love the take on the genre. That reminds me. This this whole thing reminds me. Um, I just want to mention it. I could not be more excited for Godzilla versus King Kong. We're talking yeah, about kaiju. That's pretty great. Yeah. It looks so freaking cool, and I want to ask you. Now, I know what's actually probably going to happen is they're probably like going to fight a little bit, but then there's going to be a bigger, badder guy that comes along, and then they team up and fight that. But 
let's assume that the whole movie really is just Godzilla versus King Kong. Who have you got your money on? Hmm. So, I have, so, I've always thought that Godzilla, Godzilla is my favorite of all the monsters. Like, you know, all the monster movies, Godzilla is my favorite. A huge right. fan. I've always been a big fan. Traditionally, I would say Godzilla's got the edge over Kong. Of course. But for the sake of this movie that's coming out, Kong is the company that's making it. Kong is theirs. Godzilla's kind of on loan for this movie. And so I fully expect their monster to win, right? Interesting. Now, the the alternative is, is, and what I actually think is happening, and I think a little bit of stuff leaked out this week, and I'm not going to get that into that because I think it's kind of spoilery. My full suspicion is that we've got a little bit of a Batman versus Superman scenario going on here where mm-hmm. it's Godzilla versus King Kong, but the big the big bad's going to show up in the middle of the movie. So y'all right. are bo- that's what y'all both have your money on, is that that's, that's how that's going to go I mean, down. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I think we're going to get to see one or two good throwdowns between, between Kong and Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they're going to have to team up on whoever the big villain is. Yeah, Marisha. And hopefully both of their mother's name is not Martha. <laughs> no, that's going to be a meme because I already, I already know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I, I gotta get on that. I got to make that as soon as that movie comes out and get the footage. Yeah. I just need to find a shot that looks kind of similar with just like Godzilla standing over King Kong or the other way around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then do make just that. pull That's the amazing. one. You know, there's an old there's an old movie with Godzilla versus King Kong. You can just pull. I haven't seen it. You can just pull some uh, yeah. clips from that one. <laughs> That's funny. Or like, why'd you say um, instead of Martha? It's like um, what's the what's the big moth? Moth-ra. Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> Mothra. Yeah. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> so now you have to you have to do this before this episode drops and somebody steals it. <laughs> Oh no! All right, <laughs> I gotta pull out the old editing program. I haven't loaded up on my computer. Let's hope it doesn't crash it. Oh, that's um, funny. Anyway, Mar- Marisha, who, who's your money on? Oh, in, my money is on fight? Godzilla. If just just Godzilla and Kong, my money's on Godzilla. I could be wrong. See, I th- I think like objectively, Godzilla is more powerful. But I'm looking at this from like a wrestling perspective, right? You got the big fight mm-hmm. coming up. And you got the heel and you got the face. And at least the way it's being marketed through trailers, it looks to me like like Godzilla's the heel, the bad guy, and Kong's the face. Hmm. Yeah. And so with that in mind, like Kong's the Hulk Hogan against Andre the Giant here. And I I think I think Kong is gonna just I think Kong is gonna is gonna is gonna whoop. It's gonna Um now is that what actually what would happen? Because you know, Godzilla can you know shoot lasers out of his mouth <laughs> uh no but god oh it's gonna be so freaking cool i've been so hyped for this right i cannot and, wait and that's the thing about the monster movies i've always been a fan that was one of the things we did on saturdays when i was a kid was I sat around with my dad and we watched monster movies you know all the old monster movies and mm-hmm. you know sometimes i feel like people get way because people got way too deep in trying to analyze that last Godzilla film. And it's like, it's a movie about a giant lizard destroying cities. Mm-hmm. Like, 
do you want him to quote Shakespeare while he does it? Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, just sit back and enjoy the spectacle. Mm -hmm. Like some movies are like that. Don't overanalyze them. Just, just enjoy them for what they are. Mm -hmm. And that's what the monster movie genre has always been. Not that you can't tell important stories through them, but most of the time it's just two big monsters beating up on each other. Yeah. You know what's the worst thing that these movies can do? Is when they freaking focus so much on the humans. Yeah. So annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, I could not care less about Millie Bobby Brown. Right. (laughs) But see, that was kind of the thing with the last one. That was what everybody complained about. Well, they didn't focus on on the human characters' stories enough. It's like... It's a monster movie, dude. Everybody's here to see Godzilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Millie Bobby Brown's in it. That's great. You know? Good one for her resume. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm here to see Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I cannot stand. It's like, get out of here, man. Like, <laughs> it's like if you're watching. It's like when you're watching the Muppets and humans show up. Like, I'm here to see the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just a weird example that comes to mind, but yeah, that's, that's, that's why like, I'm kind of okay. You know how Brian Cranston was in like that first Godzilla movie yep. and they did totally waste him. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, well I don't really care, but then the whole movie is bogged down by Aaron Taylor Quicksilver. <laughs> and I'm like, get him off of the screen. <laughs> and it wasn't his wife played by Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, I don't know. That's pretty... F- now, now I've got to go look it up. I think that's the case. Hmm. Which is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Which also... Which is funny, because in the Ultimate comic books, right. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are, are sleeping together. Right. And Wolverine's like, I like it. <laughs> oh. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That universe is, by the way, wiped off existence. That, do- that universe does not exist anymore. They blew it up. <laughs> like those characters are dead, dead. They brought Miles Morales. They said, "Okay, Miles can be in the real one now." Miles Morales. Everyone else dead, <laughs> completely wow. wiped out of existence. Um, that's yes. funny because I actually we're just going on a tangent, but this is a tangent episode, I guess. Yeah. I was gonna do another trivia, and one of my one of my topic ideas is two truths and a lie, but it's two real comic book stories and one lie. <laughs> That's great. And so I've been going through like all of like the craziest comic book stories. And for some reason, comic book writers really, really, really love writing in weird sex stuff. Oh, fun. Like it is not, not like an image or whatever, but like my B- Batman comic books. It's like, and like Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man's all, done a bunch of weird stuff. Spider-Man has been through the ringer, man. <laughs> and it, why is there so much, I have the list that I've made and it's, all weird <laughs> sex stuff. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know if we can do this on the show. Cause I can't, I don't think I can talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But anyway, look forward to that <laughs> in the next in Marvel trivia game we play. But That's anyway, Kaiju. Funny. Kaiju. Yeah. Pretty fun. <laughs> okay. Yes, you're right. They were married and Godzilla. I had to go look <sighs> it up. That's funny. And then mm-hmm. she was sleeping with Thanos in that other movie. Old boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Which I love. Because they've established in the MCU that Star 
Star Wars exist, which to me implies that all other movies exist. That like, may, yeah. if Hollywood exists, then that means the Godzilla movie probably exists. Yeah. Hmm. It gets weird. Yeah. It also means that either actor Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury, or Nick Fury just happens to look a lot like Hollywood actor <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Because Samuel L. Jackson is in Star Wars. Yeah, it's true. It all gets very complicated. Anyway. So maybe in Star Wars, that wasn't Samuel L. Jackson, but that was uh, Talos, the scroll, as Samuel L. Jackson. That's pretty playing funny. Windu. Yeah. That's not at all complicated. Or anything. I'm so sorry that I've got this to this show. <laughs> right now that I have gone on this tangent. It happens. I just like, you know what? We don't got news to talk about. I'm going to let my mind race. Yeah. That's um, funny. But anyway, uh, so back to what we were talking about. Marisha, do you have any uh, any recent, uh, anything that you've been watching recently that actually, you think you want to you talk about? I've actually been watching The Expanse on um, Amazon. And I kind of, it's just one of those, The Expanse, yeah, it's um, basically uh, Earth Earth and, you know, Mars is now colonized and they have space stations, uh, colonies on, you know, in the the belt. And so they kind of, there's conflict, of course, between all the different factions and there's a, a new mysterious MacGuffin basically uh, in play. And, and, and so there, you know, the first, I mean, honestly, the first season, I was really not that interested, but I just, you know, was kind of watching because I didn't have anything else to watch after the first season there, it really started to pick up. <laughs> um, so I don't know how many people are interested in watching something that doesn't pick up until after, you know, episode 12 or so, but in, yeah. um, you know, I, I tend to prefer stories that don't really hop around a, a whole lot with 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 you know with point of view characters and there were several characters that it was kind of following and they didn't seem related and a whole bunch of people died at the beginning and I was like yeah but like I said once it kind of really picked up I really enjoyed it so it's been fun that's what I've been watching in uh in, in sci-fi cool. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah I'm not. I am not trying to say that you just annoy me with this. This is this is off topic, but nothing to me not off topic, but I'm not, I'm not directing this at you just now. <laughs> but nothing is more annoying to me than when somebody suggests a TV show and then says, "You got to get through like the first season." <laughs> yeah. I'm not necessarily <laughs> suggesting it. I'm just saying if you decide to watch no. it, it does get better. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not trying to direct this at you. We're saying that you like annoyed me just now. I know, or anything I'm like worst. that. Like I'm not trying to do that at all. I just it's funny. That's what went through my head. Like there's so many animes that like, my friends are like, you got to watch this, but you got to get to like the first like three arcs. Oh wow! I'm like, oh, I'm just not gonna watch it then. Yeah. I don't have time, but if it's like a real TV show, not to say anime is not a real TV show, but like a live action, like American TV show, mm-hmm. most episodes are like, what, 45 minutes? Yeah. So you want me to watch it? It's like seven episodes. You want me to dedicate seven hours 
to bad content <laughs> to get to like a little bit of good stuff. No, yeah. thank you. There's already too much. <laughs> Not that interesting. Yeah. Huh? I usually, when I tell people to watch the Umbrella Academy, I tell them to read a synopsis of the first season, watch the last two episodes of the first season, and then watch season two. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's so slow, and it's not—it's not terrible. It's—it's it's painfully slow through the first part, and that's of it. just a lot of world building. And, and season two is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, yeah, it's like I'm always like, how can I tell people to go watch this without making them suffer through the first season? And that's mostly because yeah. I've been trying to get David uh, Poole to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I just—I tried to start it a couple of times, I just can't get through it. And I'm like, just skip the first season, man. Yeah. Jump in season two. I also, I also like. I try to do, whenever I do that. I try to like explain it, and I'm like, all right. So in Grey's Anatomy, like Grey, she 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 meets got the bar, and you know I start talking about it. But then the problem what usually happens is that I'm like, just go to season two, and then the problem is that something comes up super obscure, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Okay, so actually you got to go back and watch like the last five minutes uh-huh. of episode three. They talk about this one thing, so yeah, right. synopsis videos. <laughs> yeah, uh, you also brought up you talking about the expanse. Also brought up an interesting topic. I would love to do a discussion one day just about MacGuffins mm-hmm. and, and like the history of MacGuffins. Yeah, that'd be great. The best ones when the, they the when Mount they work, Rushmore, when they don't. The Mount Rushmore of MacGuffins. <laughs> oh my god! It's the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's That's true. Uh, the the Ark of the Covenant, right? Yep. Yeah, that's funny. Mount Rushmore McGovern. That's actually a really good idea. That's really good. That'd be pretty funny. Um, it, like at some point, I'm gonna make Andrew actually do like graphics of all of this. But the one that would be the funniest would be the Mount Rushmore McGuffins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it'd be so random looking. Because it'd be like objects, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up there. Yeah, that's funny. I'd, I'd love to do that discussion. That'd be a great one. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of discussions I want to do, what I've been watching recently is all of the X-Men movies that are now on Disney+, Plus, which is like four of them, mm-hmm. but thankfully the first two are on there, and those are good. And then there's right. Apocalypse, U, but then there's Days of Future Past, which is like the best one. Right. Uh, holy crap, those movies are so good, and I would, some of, some of them, mm-hmm. some of them are kind of good. They're a little dated at this point, but I would love to do a retrospective. Whenever Marvel finally... Starts making X Men content, which it's it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whenever that comes around, I would love to do a retrospective of all those movies because there are so many high highs mm-hmm. and some horribly low lows. It's true. Like it is the most roller coaster of a franchise that might have ever existed. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because yeah, you're right. Some of it's just so phenomenal, and some of it's like, wow, that was really bad. Right. And the continuity's kind of all over the place, and mm-hmm. it's you know that's what people are like. Well, bring you know bring the X Men universe from Fox's X Men universe into the MCU, and I'm like, please don't. It's like I love some of those <laughs> Which movies, one? right? It's like I love some of those movies, but you're gonna make a real mess out of things if you try to bring it all. It's it's the same problem that that Disney had to try to figure out or Lucasfilm had to try to figure out after the Disney acquisition, what do we do with legends? Do we go through it and do we try to pick and choose what's canon and what's not, and then have to try to like convey that to people mm-hmm. that this one's canon, this one's not. It's like, it's easier to just say, we're going to put this over here and call it legends. Mm-hmm. And 
then we're going to like start writing new stuff. Now, so far they hadn't stacked up, but maybe they will eventually. But there was a reason that they did that because it was, yeah. it would have been almost impossible to tell new stories while still calling that canon. And I, I kind of think it's the same thing. I mean, Fox has done a fair number of those movies. Yeah. And I, I really think that you really get in a mess if you start trying to figure out how to bring that into your nice, tidy MCU story. Yeah. Yeah. That's why whenever New Mutants was coming out and uh, Daniel on the show here was like, oh, yeah, just make it part of the MCU. And I was like, that is... I love he's my he's my dad and I love him very much but that was like the worst freaking idea that I've ever heard. Yeah. Was to take something that Fox made and like try to make it part of the MCU because you're right the MCU is so nice and tidy. Like there's a reason that they haven't even bothered trying to make another um Hulk film because they got to deal with Universal. Mm-hmm. It is a miracle that they made Spider-Man movies and made a deal with Sony. Right. The only reason that happened was because Sony was down bad for a bit. Like they were like not doing well. Yeah, and, like, and I mean that's a that's a win win situation for Sony. Exactly, and it is a miracle that that has happened. Yeah, uh, and that and it has almost fallen apart multiple times now. Um, so um, my point is like you don't want to introduce it, 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 it. It's already messy enough. Just the fact that a Venom movie exists. And now they're doing this Morbius thing and having Michael Keaton show up in the trailer. That was like the worst thing they could have done was have Michael Keaton be in that trailer. Yeah. Because it's like, what is that? E- what does that mean now? So are these Sony movies? Ca- okay. So is Venom canon? Re- what? Then why doesn't. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea how we're supposed to take that. I mean, they tried to explain it. And the best I could take from it is they're not MCU, but they're MCU adjacent. It's like, I don't know exactly what that means. It, that, that's basically a middle finger. <laughs> yeah. That's what that feels like to me. It's like, so what is that? Uh, don't ask. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't. Or, I don't know. And they yeah, can. They don't know. And the thing is, is it's, it's almost like Marvel's letting them go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like it's MCU. And as soon as they take away Spider-Man. Marvel's gonna go. Yeah, none of those are part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of, none of those movies are part of the MCU. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, because and and that's that that's the reason that bothers. That's a thing that Sony has to worry about is because I guarantee you the amount of people who will see a Morbius movie doubles if you tell them that it's part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Because sure. then you I, have those people who least, feel like well, at least watch doubles it all. because most people don't know who that character is. That mm-hmm. that that movie's got a real uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, not going to be anywhere near as successful as Venom, for sure. No, because Venom um, pe- people know Venom. Yeah, people nothing know else Venom. from the, the the beautiful introduction in Spider Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And even that is like enough. Like people like things that they know. Like even though those Nicolas Cage movie Ghost Rider movies are bad, people at least know who Ghost Rider is. Mm-hmm. And like that got some people to watch Agents of Shield mm-hmm. yeah. that weren't watching it. Um, and we're getting to a point. Nostalgia is so weird. We're definitely at a point now where people are looking back on that third Spider-Man movie and those Ghost Rider movies 
and like even the bad X-Men movies and like getting nostalgic about it. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh man, I love, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I kind of freaking love that third Spider-Man movie uh, because I watched it when I was eight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So um, anyway, yeah, those, those Fox X-Men movies, they're, they are a huge roller coaster and they're so much fun. The second one still holds up really well. Yeah. That second one's really good. The first one is a little iffy. <laughs> There's a couple things about the first one that feel like, you know, I, I wish I could watch a third one again somewhere. I think I watched it like six months ago because it was randomly on TV. And when you watch them all together, like, you know, that third one gets so much crap, that third X-Men movie. But it's not that dissimilar from the other ones in reality. Like, they all kind of feel the same. Except for the second one, which really stands out. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to do a retrospective on those. Yeah, we should Lo- Logan is Logan is like one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Lo- Logan is is one of those like he is definitely a top tier comic book film. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know what the worst part of Logan is though, and I bet you're gonna agree. It's the weird clone Wolverine. Like, that part of the movie, to me, feels so out of place. You know what I mean? Like, it's super serious and and gritty and dark, and then there's, like, this clone Wolverine thing, and that feels like I'm watching X-Men Origins Wolverine Mm. whenever he's on screen. Like, I get why it works as part of the narrative, but I don't understand why they didn't just make that Sabretooth. Yeah. Then it would have worked so much better, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, we got to save those thoughts for, for our retrospective. Cause I would love to do that. That's been like in our list for a long time. Uh, so anyway, uh, I want to go ahead and jump right into what, what's our, what's our recording at Andrew? We're at about 30 minutes. Okay. Okay. Cause I feel like we've been just rambling, but it's been fun or I've been, ra- I've been rambling. No, it, it's definitely a <laughs> ramble cast tonight, but that, that's yeah. okay. It's okay to do yeah. that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of podcast I like to listen to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's jump into a topic that I think is really, really interesting and, and really relevant, and that's alternate movie cuts. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask you guys, when I say director's cut or alternate cut, what is like the first thing that comes to mind for you? Lord of the Rings. That's what I figured you would yeah. say, Andrew. Lord of the Rings is up there, but honestly, that that Blade Runner one is such a big deal. Blade Runner is huge because there. How many cuts are there actually? I don't even. I know. think they're like actually like five cuts. Yeah, but the joke is that there's like eighteen. Because <laughs> there's like an editor's cut, there's a theatricals cut, there's a director's cut, and then I think there's like a cut called like the definitive cut or something like that. The, yeah, there is. Um. But yeah, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings and Blade Runner are the two big ones for me, especially because, in my opinion, those are the two like really, really good ones. Because there are tons of movies that have alternate cuts, movies you would not expect to have alternate cuts. Yeah, that are so random that have an alternate cut. But these two movies are like so huge, and they they had these alternate cuts that really enhanced the movie in a lot of ways. One of the one of the others I would kind of put up there on that list is probably not one that's on y'all's radar, but is the Big Red One. Uh, 
one of the greatest war movies of all time. I believe that several publications still have it in their top 500 movies of all time. And it was, I think the movie came out, I don't remember when the original came out, but sometime in the early 90s, they did a, a new cut of, the, of it called The Reconstruction, which was where they took this older movie and they actually restored all the footage because of the you know film degrading so they restored it and then added in like 40 minutes of footage that was found in a uh, in a vault somewhere that you know Hmm. i don't know if it was at warner brothers or where but they found all this this extra footage and it, it ends up bringing it up a lot closer to the original vision for the film interesting uh but it's another really really good uh, alternate cut of a movie of a really good movie. Interesting. You know, I never that's cool. That. I haven't seen the big red. One. I mean, I know what the big red one is like in terms of history. Right. Uh, so I didn't know that movie existed, but now I, now I really love to see it. I think that's so cool, uh, that they were able to do that. Just, uh, I love stuff like that in film history that like somebody cared enough about something to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's it's nice to see films restored. And I'm actually I'm not going to get into it in this episode because it's not what we're talking about. But I'm talk about it in the next episode. Where, man, as I've been researching our adventure stuff and realizing how many films have just are just gone, they're gone forever mm-hmm. because nobody ever restored the footage, and now it's beyond repair. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that a lot, especially like in the early days of film when. Um, a lot of it would get damaged. It wasn't taken care of. Also, like I forget exactly which which big studio it was. Like it might have been Sony, but I think like there's a big studio that lost a very large majority of its um of it of its of its film and like its media that it's produced because they had it all on tapes and they ran out of room, so they would just erase old tapes. <gasps> Oh, and put wow. new stuff on. Yeah, there. a lot of studios did that actually, but I think Sony did it with a ton. Sony, but yeah. You, but you know, you would have companies that were cleaning out a warehouse where there were a whole bunch of old film reels stored, just throw them out. Right. Whatever, because at the time, it's like, who cares about this random movie that probably nobody cared about at the time but like mm-hmm. then you get people like us who like care about the history of film and right. it's like no i want to uh, it just it hurts that, yeah. that 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 doesn't exist anymore you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there are tons of movies that did that so i'd love to see like stuff restored more and that's why that's part of the reason like i'm kind of happy this Snyder cut is existing because i'm happy with the idea that somebody is like getting to do that mm-hmm. but at this point i mean it's become an entirely new movie like we've said before right. it is not a director's cut it is a brand yeah. new movie. <clears throat> yeah this is a this is a whole new thing and he even came Snyder actually long. came out the other day and admitted that well you know this is just my my movie it, it's this you know the other version is the canon version mm-hmm. yeah this is just completely something else and and that's the that brings up an interesting topic. So like, what is the canon version of Blade Runner? <laughs> I guess the theatrical. I right? guess you would say the theatrical cut, but 
the the director's cut is better. Like I agree. hands down better. I I definitely agree. Um Marisha, do you have any thoughts on, on the Blade Runner? Have you seen Blade Runner? I've what, seen what do you think? Blade Runner, but I I don't know which version of it I've seen. I haven't That's seen multiple versions problem. of it. That is a big <laughs> problem for multiple people. Uh, yeah. I know that I've talked to it. I'm like, have you seen Blade Runner? I'm like, oh yeah, which cut? And they're like, I what? Whichever what do you one mean? Andrew which showed cut? me, whichever one Andrew has on DVD. You have you've yeah. seen the definitive edition? Okay, is the one I what's, have. What's your favorite? Is is the definitive edition your favorite edition? I, either that one or the director's cut. I think those are the best two. Have you seen the editor's cut? I have not seen the editor's cut. Not, neither have I. I. I wonder what's different about it. Hmm. Um, I'd love to. I, I need to watch that one. One day I need to watch all all of them back to back. Uh, yeah. Just to really like take notes on on the differences. Uh huh. Um, some other interesting movies that have. Oh wait, we need to get to Lord of the Rings actually, and then yes. I'll bring up some different movies that have yeah. director's cuts. So, Marisha, you're the first one who brought up Lord of the Rings. What What do you think about the Lord of the Rings? Uh, are they called director's cuts or they're called extended extended versions yeah you know at this point i i really don't i don't know why anybody bothers with the theatrical versions anymore like i understand why the theatrical versions exist because those movies were just considered too long to put in a theater but it's not like there's the movie is not better like some movies are better at a half an hour shorter Lord of the Rings, it's just, it's better, especially Fellowship. Yeah. Um, like, whenever whenever you take out all those scenes in Hobbiton, you don't get enough of a sense of what they're fighting for. Because that's their entire motivation, is they're fighting for the peace that they, ha- that they have at home. It's been so long since I've watched the theatrical cuts that I couldn't even tell you what mm-hmm. scenes are added anymore mm-hmm. because the, the the extended versions are just that much better. They took a really, really good, mm-hmm. incredibly successful film franchise and just made it that much better. Absolutely. By just adding more stuff because the world is so deep that they mm-hmm. can add all this stuff. And, right. like, the truth is all of it's not 100% necessary. Like, the theatrical cuts are brilliant. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Yeah. But... I love it. I haven't seen the theatrical cut theatrical cuts in a, in a long time. And, um, yeah, you're right. At this point, it's hard to tell what even was theatrical mm-hmm. was the writers. Now there are a couple of scenes, especially in like return of the King and two towers mm-hmm. that I watched and I'm like, okay, this is definitely added later. Cause it's usually small stuff, stuff that I'm like, that wasn't like 100% necessary i don't I'm think like, the okay, mouth of sauron was in the theatrical version no like i think that whole that definitely wasn't in conversation there. but again as as a aficionado of the books you know you have to love everything that's just a little bit a little bit more like the, like the book well all of it's so good that just like the more the better i just want to see mm-hmm. more of it you know, and, and, you know, while we're on Lord of the Rings, I always find it ironic that, you see, of course, The Hobbit did the same thing. Um, and The Hobbit, the funny thing about The Hobbit is that 
the biggest problem I feel like the Hobbit series had was that it was too long. Like they tried to take a fairly short novel and drag it out into three movies, but it doesn't make any sense. But that extra 20 minutes of footage in each one of those movies makes them so much better. The only thing to fix this movie that is too long, this trilogy that is too long is to make it an hour longer. Yeah. Well, that, those movies to me, like when I bought them when they came out, but I never really watched them again after I bought them. Because we, you know, you but, saw them in the theater. And, and I really like, I think it was the second one that I just hated in the theater. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now I really like that one, but that were they were playing around way too much with using odd frame rates and and things like that. And so that one, once I sat down and watched the extended cut, put it in a proper frame rate, it was all so much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even those, which I consider to be, and mo- pretty much everybody universally considers them to be below the Lord of the Rings films, mm-hmm. they're still better with that, with those extended cuts. They just... Yeah. They do so much... B- the information that they add back in is really very relevant um you know that they probably could have left off some of their you know their added storylines and left in some of the the you know information from the director's cuts but it's just it's they're just better so so i do wonder like is there a deal is is there is there a clause in ridley scott's contracts that he gets to make a director's cut when it's all said and done. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because he does yeah. director's cuts of everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, just kind uh, of scrolling around and find Ridley Scott's 11 director's cuts ranked. Mm. I say, jeez, man. 11? 11. Jesus. Hey, Robin Hood, American Gangster, Black Hawk Down, Alien, The Martian. Yeah, Alien. Gladiator. The Counselor, Legend, Blade Runner, Kingdom of Heaven. Four four directors cuts for Blade Runner. Right. Uh, another Blade Runner. Yeah, so... Jeez. Do all of those movies really need... Like, does The Martian... Like, I like The Martian. Does The Martian need a director's cut? Right. So it's like, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I, what... I don't know why, I don't understand why some of these have director's cut. Like, but I'm also going, like, it's Ridley Scott, man. Like, he's a proven commodity. Like, who's not letting him make his movie the way he wants to up front? Right. Well, I wonder how long all those director's cuts are, because they might be. <laughs> you know, it looks, honestly, most of them don't look like they added, but maybe an extra 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They're not. What's the not, problem? I don't know. And that seems odd to me, unless he's just one of those guys that, like, somewhere down the road, he changes his mind about some things, which kind of brings me, that kind of brings me around to what might be the worst director's cut of all time. (laughs) Would we call the special editions, do George Lucas' special editions count as the worst director's cuts of all time? I think they definitely count as director's cuts. Yeah. I was actually thinking... About that, the, the that, Snyder well, cut. Okay, I'm, so I would say I would say A New Hope. A New Hope, they did terrible oh things God. to A New Hope. The other two are not on that same level. 
In fact, Empire was improved. Yeah. They made a lot of big improvements with Empire. And I think they did. Well, Jedi has the whole Jedi Rocks thing with the uh, singing in Jabba's Palace. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yep, that one. So, some odd choices there, but... In the ending, like, I did miss the... I guess, and that one, I guess they, they changed the ending for... How many how many different versions of Star Wars are there though? Because they went through and made another ending after the prequels. Che that they changed they they changed the extended editions, right? Or the special uh, editions. Special editions. You know, George Lucas has never been able to stop tinkering mm-hmm. with those films. In fact, from the time that it was in the theater till the time that it was on VHS, he had already messed with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you have the laser disc. You know why? Because George version? George Lucas, other than like coming up with an idea, George Lucas is good at one thing when it comes to filmmaking: changing that's his mind. At, that, that's funny, but and yes, but actually, I was going to say editing. Yeah. George Lucas is a brilliant film editor. Period. And I think that's why. Because I've thought about this before. It's like, why? And you're right. Like, he loves tinkering with these movies. And I think it's like, he loves going back to what he's really good at. Like, editing. And just, yeah, I I mean, I get it. I actually get it. Because it's like, when you have this work in front of you, you just want to sit there. And, like, theoretically speaking, you could make something better, right? Like, you could Mm -hmm. always make something better. Even the slightest tweaks. But then you mess it up, and you're like, "Well, I got to make it better again." Until and you keep tweaking until it just become crumbles apart. And it's yeah. it, it, you're right; it is a compulsion. Like you just it's like when you're cooking. It's like when you're cooking, and you're like, "Okay, the seasoning is good, but I just got to add a little bit more salt." But then you add a little too much salt. Now mm-hmm. it's too salty. So now you got to add a little bit of water to balance it out. But now it's a little mm-hmm. too watery. So now I got to add more. You know, it's like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The special editions. You're right. New Hope. Oh my god. So of course the first ones I saw were the special editions, but now through like the magic of people on the internet making it so like unspecializing the special editions <laughs> and right. stuff, I've been able to see what the movie's like supposed to look like, at least sort of. Right. Kind of. And it's like it breaks my heart how many like shots are ruined by George just throwing in random CGI stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think like I think like new technology came out. Mm-hmm. It did, and he was like, "I got, I got to do this now." Like, oh, imagine. And, yeah. And it's, it's hey, it's, and that was right. and that was the precursor to the prequels. It was all that tinkering he did with those movies that led to him making the prequels. And you know, whatever you think about the prequels, that is what spurred. Star Wars forward again was the fact that he started tinkering with those and said, I'm going to make a new movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I yeah. actually was reading an article um, yesterday that was actually talking about his first wife was the editor on the original trilogy. She was, she was the film editor for the original trilogy trilogy. And, and somebody had suggested that um, once she went away, the quality of, of George Lucas was never the same. <laughs> I, you know, and I with with George, I mean, the thing is, is George is a brilliant storyteller. Yeah. Like, people always scream about, oh, the next Tolkien. The closest thing that 
I think we've ever had is George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, George Lucas is not, clearly not quite up there with Tolkien. But as far as creating this big, expansive, interesting, creative world, I mean, George Lucas did it. He's a brilliant storyteller. Mm-hmm. But he tinkers with a lot of things that he's not the best at. Yeah. Dialogue. But it's it's a shame. Honestly, it's a shame that... And, and what I had hoped when he sold Lucasfilm, uh-huh. and it's kind of what he talked about, I thought that we were going to see him to start to make movies again. Yeah. Because the truth is, is that he never really made a whole lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Not himself. Yeah. He's produced a lot, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would kill to see a modern-day George Lucas-directed movie. Like, mm-hmm. do you... I would... Even if it looked like garbage, like, I would... I would absolutely love it either i would love it because it actually is really good or i'd love it for the fact that it's george lucas making a movie and look at this this is incredible like Mm -hmm. that would be awesome i would pay lots of money to see that Mm -hmm. um and you're right it is a shame that he has and maybe he's just really comfortable sitting on the uh you know mountains of money that he has (laughs) right Um, up there at skywalker ranch with his shrine to his ridiculously successful Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I think he's doing okay, but... Um, it, it's, yeah, he's, he's definitely done enough. But it, it's one of those things, it's like he was so creative. Like, it would have been... Like, like give us give us one more, one more movie or one more series. The thing is, though, he needs one more movie with someone who can tell him no. <laughs> I know, but the, inter- I, the other thing that I was reading that article was basically like, and she could tell him that's a bad idea, and yeah. nobody could ever do that again. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's what hurt the prequels more than anything. It's honestly mm-hmm. what scares me a little bit about the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're different. Yeah. They're different people, but it doesn't appear anyone's telling him no anymore. And yep. I really felt like that's what happened to George Lucas with the prequels is nobody was telling him no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about the Snyder cut. I was thinking about it earlier today because I knew I was hoping we would talk about this tonight. And I was thinking about the Snyder cut and it's, it's really unprecedented what is happening here. Like this movie came out and now, and it was called justice league two hours long. And then like years later, they're letting another guy, come in and basically make a whole new movie off of new stuff that he's cobbled together and then scraps of the old movie mm-hmm. right and putting it in there and like, like that's never been done before like it's not like the big red one but that's because they found stuff that was like right not taken care of they restored it they put it back in like this is like completely insane well in 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 reshoots like reshoots out the wazoo yeah reshoots new stuff stuff that was never finished the stuff from the original movie taking stuff from the original movie and editing it to make it look different like it's insane the closest thing that we've gotten to that are the star wars special editions like Mm -hmm. that's the closest thing i can think of that is anything like what we're getting here with the snyder cut Mm -hmm. of taking this thing that already existed and cobbling together new stuff mm-hmm. and throwing it on top of it and re-releasing it as like the st- I mean it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League but it's still called Justice League, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, which reminds me, you know why? You know, you know why the special editions truly are the worst uh alternate cuts of movies? 
is because to George, they're not even special editions. That's just Star Wars. Yeah. And you can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. You cannot get original Star Wars. And that's another thing. I'm, I, a lot of people were hoping when Disney got Star Wars that they would do this. A lot of people were like, oh, great. Now Disney has the rights, and now Disney will release the original cuts. Yeah. Nope. I guarantee you, I guarantee you there was a clause mm-hmm. in that in that contract about that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I, I, and I guarantee you that because Disney hasn't done it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if they could, I'm sure they would. They could release um, the yeah. original versions in theaters again and make a ludicrous amount of money. Now, there is a DVD cut of what are supposed to be the theatrical versions. Oh, really? The, the big issue is that everybody's been clamoring for them on Blu-ray. That's never going to happen. I, I do have the DVD cuts, and they're they're not exactly. I, the thing is, is I don't think there is. I don't think there's ever been a VHS or DVD or Laserdisc or anything that's been actually the theatrical cut hmm. because of how quickly he started tinkering with it mm-hmm. after its release. So I don't think there is an actual theatrical cut anywhere. I don't think. I just don't think that exists. Yeah. And that's so sad when you think about how big this is and, like, we're never going to see, ever, what Mm -hmm. the original, like, what people sitting in theaters looked at. Mm -hmm. And and maybe whenever George Lucas dies, but then even then, like, whoever inherits inherits Mm -hmm. his estate is probably, out of respect for his memory, still not going to release it. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm like excited for a man to die or anything like that. But um, you know, the thing there is, is a little bit of hope. The thing is, is I don't understand at this point why they don't and make the money because there's already you can go online and you can download the despecialized edition. Exactly, it's not the theatrical cut, but it is mostly what the what it looked like when you had the old VHSs. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I do have the VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have anything to watch them on. <laughs> yeah. But I do have the VHS tapes. And I've got a laser disc of at least a new hope. Don't have anything to watch that on yeah. either. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, at least at least a new hope. That's definitely one of the worst director's cuts of all time. Even though nobody calls it that, that's what it is. So fun fun detail, um, in the the book, The Legends of Luke Skywalker, they make reference to the multiple versions of the exploding Death Star that were disseminated through the Hollow Net. <laughs> like they actually make like yeah. a joke about it. Like, like yeah, we, like this one version, the explosion looked this way, and in the other ones, the explosion looked that way. So what are we supposed to think? What's the real? You know, right? That's funny. Yeah. I think that was my favorite thing about that book. The book was fun, but that was my favorite thing was the yeah. uh, like in your universe jokes about the the special edition. Does anybody else have any other favorite or least favorite director's cuts? I think famously one of the worst is probably um, Donnie Darko. I've never seen the Donnie Darko uh, director's cuts. Yeah, the Donnie Darko because the the film is supposed to be kind of ambiguous, right? Yeah, yeah. So the director's cut actually puts scenes back in that like try to explain uh, a lot of the stuff that's happening, and and 
it made people so mad because like you took a movie that was supposed to be ambiguous and literally yeah. tried to explain it to us on screen. <laughs> it's like you ruined what was it great sucks. about it. Because Donnie Darko's great, yeah. I think I've heard that. I think I've actually heard about that before. About like, yeah, like they tried to explain it, and it's like, stop. No, right. that's not, that's funny. And of course, uh, uh, another one of the big ones was always the Donner cut, the Richard Donner cut. Of Superman. I was about to say of Superman two. Um, that was a big one. That was one of the first big director's cuts, I think, other than like the Star Wars cuts. Mm, um, yeah, I mean, oh, there are some going way back. Sorry. I mean, there's a movie. Um, I had it up here a minute ago. It's an old Sergio Leone hmm. movie. It's old. I mean, so director's cuts are definitely not something new. Right. In fact, I even found a director's cut all the way back in 1958. So dang. Oh, I guess what I meant to say, what I was trying, what I meant to say, and what I should have said was that um, it, it it is one of like the director's cuts that took a movie that came out. 30 years ago at the mm -hmm. time it was made and then released this Richard Donner cut, right. which is so weird. Cause it was like uh, Superman two was like 1980 mm -hmm. or something like that. And then the Donner cut was like 2000. At the, I'm reading here 2006. Right. Like that's insane. Like to go back that far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is crazy. Um, that's a famous one. I don't think I've seen the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Oh, it's so much better. Really? That's interesting. Superman 2 is fine. I think Superman 2 is a good movie. It's fine, but it, it really is. Right. It really is better. Hmm. I've got to check that out now. Um, some other interesting ones. Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil actually has a director's cut. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen the Daredevil director's cut, but people that I like follow, like... Um, like movie reviewers who hate Daredevil actually say that the director's cut of Daredevil does actually make it a little bit better. It does. In fairness, it, it definitely does. It, it, it takes a pretty bad movie and makes it watchable. Which is, the, that's saying something. It still didn't save Elektra. No, Elektra's a, oh my God. Um, Elektra's oh. a God awful movie. I got stuck watching that on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> An airplane to South America, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Or on the way home from South America, I think. Jeez, and I couldn't sleep. That's, that's... Oh, my God. See, I would watch Daredevil uh, on a plane. Like I would, I'd watch Daredevil again. I cannot... You cannot make me watch a lecture again. There's no way in hell. <laughs> it, um, it was bad, because it was like we took off at like 2 or 3 in the morning mm -hmm. from South... You know, from Ecuador. And everybody else got on the plane. Like, I was the only person on the plane awake. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there, middle of the night. Everybody else in the cabin is asleep. And I'm sitting there watching Electra. <laughs> How bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sitting. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Um, is there a director's cut of Electra? I hope not. I can't imagine that anyone even tried that. <laughs> Cares enough. Cares right. enough to make it, yeah. Um, but uh, the last really interesting one I wanted to bring up here, because uh, it, it's directly related to Zack Snyder, is the Watchmen director's cut. Yeah. Hmm. I've not seen, but I've I have things. seen, and I I like it. I like it a lot. It adds some stuff. It's, it's not necessary, and 
just like the Snyder Cut, it adds a lot more content. Like, it is like, how much, I, I, I wonder how much exactly it is, but there's like a significant time difference between the theatrical cut and then the director's cut. Um, it adds, it, it makes it, I think, I, I think Watchmen's a good movie, and I think this makes it actually even better. Um, I still don't think that the tone of Watchmen, the movie, matches the tone of the book at all. But visually, it still looks um, just like the just like the book, and yeah. I think the, the I think the director's cut is actually really good. I think it's really cool, and I like the stuff that it adds. I think it's good. I think it's worth watching. But it's it's pretty long. I want to look up exactly how long is the Watchmen uh, director's cut. I think it's called the Ultimate Cut or whatever. The ultimate cut is three hours and thirty-five minutes. Wow, that's long. Yeah. So, and the original movie was like around two hours. So, actually, really similar to Justice League. How Justice League is going from like what a two-hour, two-hour movie to like four hours. Yeah, it's just a hair over four hours, which is insane. Yeah. Have you guys? Oh, it's another. Have you guys? Did you guys watch that? Um, that hateful eight extended edition like mini series that was released on netflix I didn't. No. Tina. did you guys watch the movie hateful eight no i hadn't seen it that's fine um because it's fine it's honestly like every other tarantino movie like it was fine but the, <laughs> i do think the but I, I did watch the mini series and because it is actually like it is completely re-edited to actually be like a mini series mm. along with the extended stuff so like it has like a beginning middle and end to each like one hour episode hmm. and and it's made even more like a western because it's able to like really hunker down on the editing to make it feel more like a western i don't hmm. know if that makes any sense but i don't know how else to explain it like it feels like you're watching like a lonesome dove like western miniseries that's interesting you know what i mean yeah um i think it's uh, if you're gonna watch it for the first time if you watch the movie Already, it's not worth going back and watching the miniseries. But if you if you've never seen the movie and you want to watch it, I'd say watch the miniseries instead of the movie. That's cool. I'll have to help to look that up. Yeah, it's it's it, it's fun. It made it more enjoyable for me personally, at least. Um, but yeah, um, director's cuts. There's so freaking many of them. Oh yeah, there's uh, there's, so a, there's a ton. I mean, there's even Monty Python and uh, the Holy Grail has oh. at least two different cuts. Wait, what? Huh? I haven't seen those. Well, they they did one that was kind of done as a joke for as an anniversary edition. Oh, okay. Where they added some really silly stuff in, but there's actually one where they went back and they added in some jokes that they weren't able to really get away with at the time. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. I'd love to see that now then. Yeah, me too. Were the jokes funny? Some of them. Hey, it's Monty nice. Python. The jokes are pretty funny. The jokes are pretty. Even jokes that aren't funny are funny with Monty Python. Like yeah, yeah. The the what the knights that say neat is that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> it's but all in, in the Python, delivery. It's that's hilarious. True. Yeah, it's on the delivery and the forcefulness of it. like that's the fact that they're forcing it so hard and they're committed and we're, to it. And then it, it's it's. It's uh, it's King Arthur, and we're supposed to like, kind of take it seriously. Like the the characters are taking it very seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so ridiculous. 
I know, it's so funny and like they're so committed to it that's what you can make any joke that isn't funny you can make it funny okay that's not true a lot of jokes but a lot of jokes that aren't funny you can make them funny if you just commit to it yeah and i think that's what's missing from a lot of comedy and now. you use a goofy enough british accent that helps too it, that's true that that does help if you just use a goofy enough british accent um god i love that okay but, so someday <laughs> Whenever, like, we can all sit in the same room again. It's coming. It's coming. Soon. We Have you ever played the game that we played with Jonathan and Cindy? What's it called? Flux. Flux have you ever yeah. played Flux? Flux. I have not. Okay, so it's basically a card game, and you lay down cards, and it changes the, the parameters of you, the game. Yeah, you start with a basic set of rules, but every time somebody plays a card, it has the potential to totally change the rules of the yeah, game. Yeah, you can go backwards. Well... There is a version that is Monty Python Flux. Oh, my God. And we are 100% going to have a science fictionary Monty Python Flux game um, live at some point because it is absolutely. I mean, things like if you talk in an outrageous British accent on your next turn, you get to draw an extra card at the beginning of your turn. Uh huh. That, like, oh, uh, if you do a and so, uh, but once a funny you wall, uh, ridiculous, yes. But like once you pull it and like start the voice, like you have to do it until something changes. Right, um, that's great. So yeah, it's, it's you have great. to you have to sing a song. I've got from- a Firefly <laughs> version too that we've never played. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh, that would be amazing. That is so much fun. I can't. I want to play games like that with my friends, but they aren't into the same things. Oh like, yeah. Well, okay. I have like one friend who's into the same thing, but I can't. But then everyone else is it. Like it's like pairs. Like me and one friend like this one thing, and this mm-hmm. this friend and this friend like this thing, and mm-hmm. I like this thing with this friend. And but 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 there's nothing that ties us all together. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I can't ever do it. Like I want to play trivia so badly with them, but they're like, I I don't I don't know. And they're like, let's play Harry Potter trivia. And I'm like, I guess I can BS it because I like, you know, do a podcast where that gets brought up sometimes. But yeah, well, I've got I've got Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, but nobody wants to play it with me. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's because I think they'd lose to you. Yeah. So I guess we can we can wrap up here uh, this episode. Do you guys have any more uh, notable alternate cuts of movies that you want to bring up and talk about? Before we have not not off the top of my head tonight, but I do think that this is a topic that probably warrants revisiting at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering what capacity we could do because we could always come back and just talk more about it. But I wonder if it could fit in like a top, like a like a list of some kind. Yeah, or we can work on some kind of list. It also might be a good one to have some guests on for. Yeah, yeah, I'd love some guests on for it. we definitely got to throw it up when this episode drops. We'll have to throw it up on Twitter, see if anybody has any uh, alternate cuts. Because there's probably a lot. We didn't even talk about like, the I Am Legend. That's a pretty yeah. popular one. Yeah. That, that alternate ending that is like a thousand times better as an ending because it involves like thinking instead of just action, which I always love. Um, Does the alternate. So yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Does the alternate ending for How I Met Your Mother apply to this? <laughs> What's the alternate ending for How I Met Your Mother? They're how they live happily ever after. Oh, that's great. I, I like, like that. I saw that on, on uh, YouTube at some point. I was like, okay, this is now the end. Cause I hated the end of how I met your yeah. mother. That's funny. See, that's the thing about alternate cuts in your head. 
mm-hmm. you can just like I do this with video games too. Uh, I just decide whatever I want the cut to be. Like you know mm-hmm. what? That's what happened. I don't yeah. care. And that's how I go about my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only way I survived the ending of Mass Effect Three was by BSing it in my head and saying, "You know what? No, this is what happens." Yeah. Uh, because I've been watching an interview of like a one writer who's like, "Actually, I wanted to do this," and I'm like, "You know what? That's what happened." Uh, yep, I'm with you. So then I could like go about my day without going insane. You got to do whatever you have to do uh, to get through it. Sometimes. Uh, but yeah. Definitely in the comments uh, of wherever you're watching this. I don't know if like podcast networks have comments. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure some do, some don't. If it's on YouTube or whatever, uh, definitely leave a comment. Tell us your favorite director's cuts. Uh, tell us some we should check out. Talk about the worst ones because those are just as fun. Um, I'd also love to know just what obscure nobody cares movies have alternate cuts mm-hmm. because that's so funny to me. Right. When somebody cares enough about like a movie that's like, who cares about this movie that came out in 2008 that's like so irrelevant, you know? But they, they get alternate cuts because somebody cared enough to do it. You know what? Good for them. Yep. And uh, I cannot wait to see the Snyder Cut and for us to talk about that. Yeah. Um, we have got to do it when, dad, when my dad is able to be on the show because that is going to be a battle. You know he'll have opinions. <laughs> and here's the thing about that, and here's what I'm hoping is not the case. I feel like most people already have their mind made up on if they're going to like it or not. I'm trying really, really hard to not be that. Because mm-hmm. I think that would make me, like, you know, a jerk. If I just, like, go into it, I'm like, I'm going to hate it. And I think that's probably a problem that a lot of people are going to have. And I'm going to honestly try to go into it with a complete open mind mm-hmm. and just see if I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the only way to do it because it, it, like we said, it is a new movie. It's not the same movie. It's not the same movie. But like I said, I think you would agree. Most people are going into this already deciding whether or not they're going to like it. Oh, for sure. Uh, but for the sake of of our science fictionary journalism, I will go into it um, <laughs> unbiased. I'll, I'll probably have like two different. I'll have to split my personality here. I have a, a biased opinion and an unbiased opinion. Uh, and see how they align. Uh, but anyway, I cannot wait for that. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Andrew, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at sci underscore fictionary. You can drop us a line at the sciencefictionary at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, thesciencefictionary.com. And as always, you can check out this podcast, as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family, over at red5network.com and at red5network on Twitter. And Marisha? You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am princesses underscore and underscore padawans on Instagram and most frequently ppadawans on Twitter. All right. And I am David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a like, a subscribe, a comment, a rating. Whatever it is you can do on your preferred platform to help us out is super appreciative. Uh, Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel where we will post not only episodes of the podcast, but different things that you might not be able to find anywhere else, like our MCU Trivia Night or any upcoming trivia 
that we have going on. Lots of exciting stuff, lots of plans going on there. Thank you guys again so much for listening. This has been David, Andrew, and Marisha. Live long and prosper.